the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Edinburgh game. I've got William Davis on the line. Good evening, Alan. How are you? I'm good, William, and of course I'm Alan Deegan. We've got plenty to talk about because it's been, what, three weeks since we've last talked in the midweek podcast? Yeah, there's been a lot happening. Um, Ireland won a Grand Slam in the meantime. <laughs> and uh, so rugby has been front page, back page, middle page, every page for the last couple of weeks, which is great. It's um, it's a good time to be a rugby fan. It's a great time to be an Irish rugby fan. And um, hopefully there'll be a little bit of a trickle down for that now for uh, all the provinces as they go back into Pro 14 action this weekend. And then, of course, some of them, including Connacht, have European action at Easter weekend. Yeah, so it's interesting times to be a Connacht fan, I have to say. Um, some Some new signings we have to talk about. Um, but before we get to new signings and re-signings and promotions of guys from the academy, let's talk about the press conference today. You were at the sports ground. Um, you were actually you were at the sports ground attending some schools matches, which you can tell us about later too. But you were talking to Nigel, Carolyn and Jared Butler. Yeah, indeed. Um, they were also, before we started the press conference, we were sort of joking and saying it's almost like the start of a new season because they... Connacht were away in Italy and South Africa, so they haven't been around for quite a while either. Uh, and then they've had their break and they had a couple of days off, and now they're back into uh, this fairly intense and obviously, look, it's the end of the season game, so it's the vital part of the season. So this is what they had to say. Seems like a long time since we've actually been here, Nigel, with the... Uh your tour to Italy and South Africa and then a bit of the break and stuff. So uh, is everybody all set to go for the final part of the season? Yeah, it's, um, I think Monday was just, uh, or when we come back in after the break, it was just to refocus the, the brains and the minds and the bodies again and, and uh, you know, to finish out the season, um, you know, really strongly and there's a lot at stake, you know, both in the league, we've a, we've a bit of work to do there and, uh, and obviously we have a big game against Gloucester in two weeks, so there's a lot of big games for us uh, coming up, particularly over the next two weeks, can be, uh, um, have a, a major impact on our season. Is that game on Friday night really, I was going to use a dirty word there, or bust in the Pro 14 and it's a huge game for Edinburgh because they've got ahead of Ulster, so it's really two sides who both need to win. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we take every game as a, as a must-win, but I think more importantly, you know, our last home game was against Zebra, and, you know, we we're, I suppose, bitterly disappointed. Um, I think we, we let it ourselves down. We let, I think, our organisation down. As a team, we let ourselves down, but, you know, and we let our fans down. That was, uh, we, we had a good home record. We hadn't lost here since uh, September, and uh, it's not as much the, the loss, but I think we, we underperformed. And um, you know, I think that was that was the most disappointing aspect, and and uh, you know we can't take that lightly at home. Uh, we went on the road for two weeks, and again we dogged it out over in Treviso, and uh, and the lads were were stellar down in uh, in South Africa against the odds. It was a, it was a challenge, and look between the travel and the the weather and and, and quality opposition, they, they fronted up performance, which you know we expect we can do, and. I think that was most disappointed about our last day out. So, um, but we've had a couple of really good days prep on the back and refocus our minds. So I, this is a big game for us, and uh, we're not taking it lightly. They've obviously been rejuvenated under um, <coughs> Cockrell. Cockrell. 
<laughs> and uh, he's a very intense guy, so he's, he's he's really driven them on. And how interesting is it to play a game like that at the season? Is the conference thing now starting to really have an effect? That you've got a side coming from another conference that it's just a slightly different to having everybody in the same table. Yes, yeah, it, it certainly it's a different dynamic because it doesn't directly impact. Uh, I suppose our conference bar, we need to win it. We need to claw back points on Cardiff. Um, but I suppose it's, you don't get the swing like you do if than if they're in the in the same conference. But there's no doubt like Cockrell has added a real bit of steel into Edinburgh side, and you know they made life really difficult for Munster last Friday night. Um, they turned them over so many times at the breakdown, and uh, and some characteristic from Munster. So you can see that there's um, you know there's a real bite to them. There's a real high level of physicality. They're they're, they're um, you know they're, they're a tough team. They're a tough team to play against. While they don't play uh, the most extravagant rugby, it's very very direct and confrontational. They're a tough team to break down, and uh, we're going to expect the same on Friday. So uh, we're going to need to be good, and that's where our biggest focus this week has been, particularly around the breakdown. And I know it's two weeks away, Gloucester, but is Europe really, is that is Europe seen as more important or is it equal or, or how, are you, how, do you, how do you rate that? No, I don't, I don't think one is more important than the other, obviously. Um, uh, look, I think maybe the prize at the moment seems to be a bit higher in terms of our, our challenge, the Challenge Cup. And, um, you know, and with our few internationals that are, you know, on the back of their Grand Slam, um, we hope them to to join us again next week for for that game. So that's going to add, you know, certainly to the confidence and to the a bit of steel back into our own pack. So you know, it, it's certainly um, a competition that we tr- should feel very confident that we can do well in. We've got news today now of, of a new signing, Kyle Godwin, joining uh, from the Brumbies. How uh, how do you think he's going to fit in? What's What's the thinking there? Why have you gone for him? Yeah, there's. Um, I think he's he's the first of a, of a of a number of signings that hope to be announced in the next couple of weeks, and um, it's you know it's really exciting for us and Connors to be able to you know to attract a, a player of his of his caliber. Um, he's currently playing with the Brumbies and Super, and um, and he's got some some real class uh, about him, and he said he's gonna, you know, obviously with Bundy, he's gonna be away quite a lot now. He's his stock has gone up. That we're gonna need to make sure that we've got reinforcements in uh, in our back division, and and there's there's some real genuine competition there now, and some uh, with some players that can that can play ball, and uh, we're really really excited about that. Is there is there any concern a player coming from Super Rugby is going to have played a full season and? Get very little time off, and then have to hit the ground running to go into another season. Is that a? Does that take careful management? Absolutely, you know, and that's why you know we've got some real quality. We believe in our in our backs. So I mean, Kyle just needs to be managed, and it depends how he goes. I mean, he didn't play this weekend. He played the two previous games, so you know, it's just about seeing how he how he tracks with the Brumbies and making sure that you know he's energized and he comes in here and you know that we we manage him you know carefully. But when would you expect him to actually hit the ground in Galway? Uh, after the super season, he's he's due. Jared, you've uh, played some rugby with this this chap. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, I'm really excited for Carl to get over here. Um, he's he's been kind of really building as a player. I think he's had a good start to the season so far with the Brumbies, and um, he's a really good guy off the field as well. He'll bring a lot of uh, personality. I think a bit of a larrikin sometimes, and um, yeah, I think he'll fit into the group really well. Uh, what are you expecting now from this part of the season? It's it's. When the sun's out, it's almost like a new start to the season because you've had this gap. 
but it's going to be very intense from now to whenever and Connacht season finishes and hopefully that's well into May. Yeah, everyone's really looking forward to this block now. You're kind of like very much into the business end and um, you know, you're playing to kind of keep playing, I guess. We've got a bit massive one this week. Um, you know, obviously, it's going to be immensely physical and I think that's what we need kind of coming into this block, a real test going into Gloucester and then, you know, for where it goes from there. So, um, you know, we're just really excited and um, this is the type of, this is the part of the season you really want to be, you know, playing your best footy and hopefully we do that. And just look at, looking at the, the injury list in the shortness of it, you've, there's a lot of guys putting their hand up now. This, I mean, next week when everybody's back, you're going to have, uh, it's going to be a lot of disappointed players who mightn't be getting the, the, the call. So it's hard work. You've really got to put it, put it in in training. Yeah, you know, it takes more than just 23 blokes to win a game of rugby. And it's, um, you know, we've had a lot of guys injured at points, but um, it's, I think it's really important that you know this time of year, most importantly, that we've got lots of guys on their feet and available because you know, it makes training more competitive, it makes selection more competitive, and then you know, hopefully that results in a, a team playing much better on the weekend. Okay, good stuff from the guys. Um, I think they're really looking forward to getting back on the, the field, especially in the sports ground. Yeah, I think they are. I think they realise now that it's... Uh... These are all big games that are coming up and I managed to nearly describe Friday night as shit and bust, which I, d- I, did, I, didn't, I didn't want to go out on air on go with AFM, so I had to correct myself. But I think, I think we all understand how important Edinburgh is. Edinburgh are, it's a huge game for both sides. They, Edinburgh, in the other conference, in third place, playing us uh, here, then going into a run of four home games, Cardiff in Europe, and then they've got Ulster, and it's Ulster who are chasing them for the third place. Third place gets you direct into the Champions Cup next year, and it also gets you into the Pro 14 playoffs. And from where Eden were, were last year uh, to where they are now, and the fact that Richard Cockrell, who we met at the launch in August and the passion was sort of flying off him. He was absolutely wound up and ready to go and it's obviously worked up there. Scottish rugby's also on a bit of a high as well. Yeah, so it's a fascinating yeah. sorry, just going back to Richard Cock, he really was the most impressive coach that I came away from that um, launch at. I, his, his, you know, as you say, his passion and his desire to succeed were, were brilliant and it's certainly rubbing off in Edinburgh. Look, he, he was a Leicester man through and through, and I think he was probably, maybe had run out of time there. Um, but he certainly, he was pretty blunt about what he expected from his players, because Edinburgh had become a bit of a disjointed organisation. And he's gone in there and given them a kick up the you-know-what. And I think it'll be fascinating to see how they've got a really interesting scenario of all their their last four regular season games. If you if if you count the European game being at home, they've gone back to Murrayfield as well. Um, they've given up on Myerside, uh, well at least at the moment. So they're back in that slightly. I mean, they played Munster at Murrayfield on uh, Friday night and beat them twelve mm. points to six. Um, so it's still somebody. Somebody actually described it as playing rugby in a library. It's, <laughs> it's because you know you've got this massive ground that was absolutely heaving and going bananas when Scotland were playing England, 
and then you've just got acres and acres of empty space. But I think they they're happier playing there. So um, I'm really looking forward to Friday night. I think it's it's great to be back at the sports ground. It's a big game, and I'm fascinated by just the cross conference thing. Connacht have got to win this game. They've they've got to lay down a marker now. They're chasing Cardiff for fourth. Uh, obviously, the South African, the, the Cheetahs can play in the Pro 14 playoffs, but they can't go into Europe. So whoever comes fourth has an automatic place in the Champions Cup. To be honest with you, I think Connacht are chasing fifth, which is a playoff, and we're going we're gonna to look at that a little bit later on as to who they might be playing because it's all cross games now, and Ulster are right in the middle of it as well. Yeah, Ulster have a, Ulster have a heck of a run in. Um, you know, it looks like they might have their Ireland players back this week because they have nothing on Easter weekend as they didn't qualify for the quarterfinals. I think they went, they might see might see one or two of the the Ireland guys playing for them as they're looking for uh, looking for points against Cardiff, which would help us obviously. Um, but then they're away to Edinburgh in the the round after that, which would be you know basically decides third place effectively. Then they're at home to the Ospreys. Uh, and then they're away to Munster, so like that's a hell of a run in that that you know they're going to have to to take on, as you say, Edinburgh have home games all the way, so um, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I I'm assuming they look if they have to, they'll take a playoff for Europe, and we might be playing them. Um, but they they that that game on the sixth of April when they when they take on. Um, Edinburgh is going to be another win or bust game, and this this is the type this is the type of stuff. That, to be fair, look, this is what Pro 14 wanted. They desperately wanted all of these games at the end of the season to mean something, and it's starting to happen now because it's it's just the way the conferences have worked out. It's it's not a perfect system that we've discussed before about the fact that players aren't available at various times, particularly around the interprovincials at Christmas. Um, it's interesting, as you say, some of the Irish guys maybe will be available for Ulster this week because they won't, they're not playing the following week. Yeah. Connacht today confirmed Quinn Rue is available for us at his own request because he hasn't played much rugby. Yeah. Uh, but Bundyaki and Kieran Marmion and Alton Delan will not be available for Connacht this weekend, but they certainly will be available the following weekend in Europe. So um, the, the Pro 14 is just bubbling up really nicely, but the simple fact for Connacht is they have to win on Friday night. And probably Edinburgh feel they have to win, so it's going to be a clash, and it, it should be a good one. I'm not sure about the Scottish players, how that works. I'm not a, uh, I haven't seen anything about that yet, but again... Uh, Edinburgh will be desperate to get third place, get a Pro 14 playoff, and they can't do. You know that's not going to happen next next weekend. But they want to cement their situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like they, they um, were they were they were very good against Munster in that they bullied Munster, which takes some doing. You know they they were all over them at the breakdown. But again, Cockrell's a forwards coach and knows that you know it's forwards that win matches. Backs decide by how much, and he certainly seems to have given them a really hard edge. Yeah, I think I think the breakdown area is something that uh, he will probably have worked on very, very hard. And I can't see Friday night being any different. Um, and that's maybe an area where Connacht have struggled a little bit on occasion. It'll be a very physical, hard game. 
but um, yeah, bring it on. Can't wait. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so let's let's another piece of good news before we get on to our signings is is probably the shortest injury list in Connacht's history. I know we haven't gone been doing it for that long, but it's certainly the shortest one I've ever seen. It's uh, it's phenomenal, really. Um, we just quickly spin through it. Uh, props. Connor Carey has resumed full training with the squad following a shoulder injury. Um, not sure if he's available this weekend. Certainly, I think probably will be available for selection for the Gloucester game. JP Cooney is recovering from hamstring surgery. Be out of action till May. Hooker Pat O'Toole is continuing to rehabilitate from his hamstring. Lock Andrew Brown has resumed full training with the squad and got to hope that he gets a better run. He, you know, he only got 20 minutes coming back. He's worked so hard to get back. Uh, Jake Heenan is continuing his re- rehabilitation from shoulder surgery and we're out of action until April. Uh, and the one disappointing one, probably Keen Kelleher sustained an ankle injury in the game against the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein and he's going to be out of action until mid-May, which is pretty much season-ending, you would feel. But that's it. And he's out of contract this year as well, so that could be very bad timing for him. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, And it's also going to, you know... But look, if everybody comes through Friday night and you bring all your players back in, there's going to be... Everybody is going to be clamouring for this Gloucester game. And that's what a coach and a management squad and everybody wants. You want guys putting up their hands looking to get picked yeah and i suppose maybe people that are not getting picked in those sort of situations and stuff will know maybe that the the scenarios are changing we're at that time of the year now when players are joining players are re-signing and some players will be leaving yeah exactly exactly and i well i think you're you're i think you said today that you everyone should know by the end of the month is that right yeah, that seems to be the way it's set up. That the players, sort of by the end of end of March, is the kind of the deadline time you're going to know whether you're in or out. And uh, it's always a tough time. I I don't think any organisation, um, and I think particularly, I get the impression under um, Kieran Kane that it's very carefully thought out. He's he's looked and looked and looked to see who is gonna is gonna make the cut. Yeah. Um, but they have to do the best for the team. Um, but it, it, it's always a tough one. Look, we know John Muldoon will be retiring. Uh, and that's going to be a very interesting, it's going to be a very strange scenario next season to go to the sports ground. Particularly when you're wandering around at press days and stuff like that. And John's not going to be there. Okay, now before we get to our, our new signings, I just want to thank uh, Sports News Ireland for their, their help um, and getting us out there and you know, getting more people uh, tuning in and listening to, to our ramblings about Connacht Rugby. Um, so, big thank you to Sports News Ireland. Okay, now, the exciting news that we've had in the last week or so is the signing of, of um, Robin Copeland and Kyle Goodwin. You're talking about, wow, some very interesting signings. Yeah, Kyle Godwin signed today, uh, or announced today. I don't know when he signed. He signed for two years, so he'll be here till May 2020. Um Zimbabwean-born, uh, playing for the Brumbies, currently in Super Rugby. Um, coming, as Nigel Carolyn has indicated, to he's essentially an increased cover in centre because 
Bundyaki, after his excellent performances for Ireland, is seen as a player that will now be maybe more, he'll be obviously involved with Connacht, but he's going to have more to do with Ireland. And that means more, more control of how much he plays, when he's available, minutes that he plays. So they've tried to boost it there. He's seen as a 12 or 13. Um, he's played a little bit of fullback and he has played some out half, but I think Connacht have signed him as a centre. Yeah, he played it out half as um, under 20. He played the uh, Rugby World Cup for the under 20s in 2012 as their out half. Um, he was voted the Western Australia under 20 player of the year. And yeah, he was born in Zimbabwe, but moved to Australia when he was eight. So like he's he's effectively, you know, uh, Australian in the same way we'd see we'd see knee is effectively Irish um, having spent all his time you know his his uh, formative years of playing rugby in, Aus- in Australia you know 52 matches for the Western four scoring seven tries and as of this week he's played 15 matches for the Brumbies scoring three tries so like this guy is he's seen as a very good player you're looking at a situation where um, he got his cap against France in 2016 um, so it's like it's very recent that he's been capped Stephen Larkham, who's the coach of the Brumbies, when he signed them, stated or mentioned that he was, you know, he's a player with great game vision and has a powerful running game. And that certainly sounds an interesting thing for us to have someone like that. Um, he looks like a, a very direct replacement for Bundy. Um, when when you're sort of looking at that, now he does have a slight injury history, which is a little bit worrying. He's had a couple of knee injuries. Um, the worst one being the grade three medial ligament tear that he had last year that required surgery uh, but he seems to have bounced back from that and doesn't seem to have lost too much of his pace he had a shoulder injury back in 2013 that required surgery but again that doesn't seem to have affected him in the long run and then he had a, an unfortunate incident where he broke his hand in training last year um, so like he's he's a he's a big unit he's six foot two and 99 kgs which when i'm looking at that that's basically me the difference is his kgs are on muscle mine is on fat so He's a big lad, um, and I think he's going to be a big presence in our midfield. Yeah, I, I think Connacht, you know, they they have to you have to try to make considered signings. I think all overseas signings, some work, some don't. But I like the look of this guy, and I think they've realised as a, you know, Bundy is not going to play as much for Connacht next season. It's it's just impossible. Yeah. Um, with the amount of international rugby that he's he's going to be playing or squads he's going to be playing with so hopefully this guy comes in and settles in he'll be playing to the end of the super rugby season and then he'll be coming up here um, Jared Butler was fairly effusive about him today as well so um, yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting development it certainly is and then the, the other big big name signing we got was Robin Copeland um, another international we're talking about adding international players to our our setup, um, you know, coming from coming from Munster, where he spent four years, um, having played two years in Cardiff. So, you're looking at a guy who's playing great rugby at the moment. I think he's had two man of the match awards in the last three matches that he's played. So he's he's also on fire. Yeah, it's very seldom a player comes up on this sort of situation from Munster to us. Um, I think he's probably going to play all of his rugby at eight. Uh, what I would feel and I think he's probably a direct replacement for John Muldoon uh, in terms of position mm-hmm. and uh, he's again he's a player who will be coming with and he's played all his rugby in, in Pro 12, Pro 14 
so there's nothing going to surprise him about well actually just just to hold you up on that he did actually play two years in the championship with Rotherham and Plymouth so like this guy is someone who's been determined to play professional rugby and went the hard way about it and I think mm. he might even see himself as possibly being in the frame for an Ireland cap in the, in the, in the future getting back to that level because like with Jamie Heaslip gone I know there's a lot of Leinster lads out there but you know th- there's chances I know Standard's fairly got it sewn up at the moment but you know people get injured and you know he's looking for game time and, and I think Connick's style might suit him and it, you never know yeah, well, I think um, that's a possibility. Um, it's it's a competitive world in that Irish team as well at the moment. There, <laughs> it's sort of a Leinster seem to be producing players from from all sides. It's it's astounding when younger players are coming in, and they just seem to fit in seamlessly. Yeah, and that's that's down to really good coaching, and hello. The media ask, and the, we all wonder. We we never really get to the bottom of it, exactly how they do this. But it's I think it's just attention to detail. Yeah. Um, by Joe Schmidt and and the coaches and the level of ability to take that on board that the players have to have. There's no. I I'm would love to to, to actually get to the nitty gritty of that. I know all coaches operate. Professional rugby operates at a very high level, but it's a, it's a, it's a two way street. If you're told something, you've got to be able to understand it and implement it. Yeah. And um, so yeah, but it's it's good to see him coming up here, and we wish him well. We you know he's he should fit in fairly quickly. It's not going to be he's not going to be concerned about the weather or anything else. He's going to be no no he'll be, he'll be well used to that, and you know he's recovered again. Another had had a few. Injury issues, you know, he's, he had needed a thumb injury where someone landed on him last season, and you needed to, he had ligaments done in his thumb, and that needed surgery. But that, that's a freakish type injury. He did have a dislocated shoulder at the end of the season that needed surgery. But again, he's been back and and been playing very well since. So you know, you're looking at he did have a shoulder injury in 2015, but he seems to be fairly robust. Um, strange injuries at times, but you know, 48 games for Cardiff and seven tries, and he's playing great stuff for Munster so I think it's a good sign and I think he'll he'll do well in Connacht well that's certainly the hope it is indeed so then of course then the other the, the re-signings that we've had since since our last podcast Matt Healy and, and Owen Masterson two you know stars of guys that we're we're very pleased to keep definitely oh absolutely um, I think Matt Healy's overcome a little bit of a rocky patch and um, I think he's very much a confidence player, but when he's on, he's on. And uh, he looked the business in South Africa. I suppose he'd love to play on a hard pitch like that every week. Yeah. Um, and Owen Masterson, who we spoke to in depth a few weeks ago, somebody who's, who overcame a chronic, one of the worst injuries I've just ever seen happen to a player, and the fortitude to stick it out and, and, and get through the miserable rehab um, and I think he's he's blossoming and I think he's only going to get better and I think he's somebody that is very much on uh, the radar in the Connacht management as a leader I think he's he's looked upon as a very steady player Yeah. and um, it's great to see that happening and 
there will be more signings hopefully coming and there'll be more players re-signing there should be a glut of them coming fairly soon and we'll have a much better idea probably by this time next week of um, how the squad is going to shape up for next season yeah yeah with a bit of luck um, we'll we'll, um, we'll have a lot more signings and the last you know the last sort of bit of good news was the, the promotions of Sligo men Killian Gallagher and Conan O'Donnell along with um, local lad Peter Claffey that's good to see. I think it's important. There's a lot of effort being put in uh, in the academy and it's good to see guys rewarded. Uh, Conan O'Donnell has been in or around. He's played a few of the European games and it's. I th- I, we get the impression that, that Connacht are looking to have a slightly smaller, leaner squad next year. Yeah. And the strength and conditioning and the rehabilitation package that they've put in place so far is working really well uh they've managed injuries injuries are going to happen and sometimes they're easier to fix and sometimes you get repeat injuries and but there's something has changed in that and it's something we'll be trying to get a bit more of a handle on uh at some stage by talking to the the people who are in charge of this it's a vital part of the game you've got to get players fit to play and then you've got to get them rehabbed if they get injured, rehab them correctly, yeah. and, and look after them so that they don't injure themselves again. Um, and it, training methods are crucial for that as well. And on an international context, the, the focus on England, and Eddie Jones in particular, is, is, is on his training methods at the moment. Uh, which seems to involve flogging players until they're about to fall over, <laughs> R- running, running, running up and down hills with uh, weights on their back and an obsession with fitness and skills going out the window. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just it's one approach uh, and player management. We've spoken about you know next season, um, you know, player like Bundy will be looked looked at differently. But it's just minutes. I mean, I think Andy, um, not Andy Farrell, he's not playing these days, he's, he's <laughs> coaching Ireland. Young Farrell, who's first now I've forgotten, at England has played about double the minutes of Johnny Sexton. And obviously having played the Lions too, you know, it's it's a crucial part of the game. The whole thing now is about small percentages. Yeah. How you train, how you rehab, how you rehabilitate, how you what you do with your downtime. To what you're putting in your in your mouth as a professional player, yeah. What you eat, when you eat, um, and it's the small percentages that that that, that win. Um, and Connacht have done well this season on, on on rehab, and it was an area maybe that, you know, I think back to these two-page injury lists from oh yeah, the middle of last season where you it was almost impossible. In fact, it was almost easier to li- li- give you a list of who was available rather than who wasn't available. <laughs> Yeah, especially around that Newcastle game where we played away a couple of years ago when we were down a man. It was so bad we did we we were one player short in the squad. Um, but yeah, so it's it's all looking good. So we're live on at home against Edinburgh Friday night, Galway Bay FM. You'll have Joe and Rob commentating. Seven thirty-five kickoff. So I assume they'll be on air around seven thirty or so. Yeah, I'll be on FM from seven thirty. Might be on on the stream a little bit earlier. Um. It should be cracking night up there. Should be really buzzing, and 
I think, as we've alluded to, rugby's just in a very good place at uh, at the moment uh, in Ireland. It's getting a lot of uh, very positive attention, and uh, so if you haven't already uh, got your ticket, uh, get on, get it sorted, and get up there. And, yeah, because uh, the forecast is looking, weather forecast looks reasonable, uh, considering all the rubbish we've had over the last little while. <laughs> so yeah, it should be a nice night for a game, and it should be a cracker. And, and Connacht, I think, will be looking to repay their fans' faith throughout the season after their not such a great display against Edinburgh to try and you know put a really big one in against Edinburgh, but it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, it is going to be tough. Um, yeah, I thought Nigel Carroll today was very honest about that, and he said they had spoken about their own disappointment as a team in yeah. losing. Yeah. But they also bluntly, he said, they let their fans down. They let the organisation down. The team let them down. And they let the fans down. And I think that's that's the sort of stuff you want to hear. You, you you don't. There was no attempt to sort of gloss that over. It was a horrible night up there. Yeah. And it was an inexplicable night. Um. But it happened, and you have to face up to it. And I think they ground out a good win in Treviso, and then they went to South Africa. That's done and dusted. It was a damn good performance down there. Mm. They probably got on the end of a pretty average referee call right at the end. Yeah. Sorry to say. Yeah. Um, but they've dusted themselves off from that and they're into this final run of games now and it's an exciting time there's maybe only three home games left so I will re-emphasise if you want to come and watch what will be a real proper hard clash game and um, kind of come out on the right side of that it'll set them up well for Gloucester the following Saturday in, in Europe Okay, William. Um, so before we sign off, finally, let's have some AOB on on your uh, the excitement you were at today in the sports ground. You rang me a couple of times. I could barely hear you. <laughs> yeah, it was a long day at the sports ground today with a press conference starting at twelve and uh, three games of schools rugby uh, on a magnificent afternoon. Uh, there was very little breeze. It wasn't very warm. Well, it certainly wasn't warm in the press box, and uh, there was bright sunshine. But three. Cracking games of rugby, um, school's final day, um, young lads out there going hell for leather, doing their damnedest for their team and their mates and all the rest of it. And It was good to see. The development final was first, uh, development senior final, and presentation Headford beat uh, Gortmore Abbey 43-33 in that. Uh, the closest game we saw then was the second game between uh, Garbley and Morris College Athlone, and Morris ran out winners there 2017. That's the Junior Cup. And finally, the Senior Cup, uh, where the noise level produced by the Jazz fans uh, couldn't, unfortunately, drive on their team, but everybody seemed to be having a very good time, but it was deafening, I have to say, <laughs> and, the press, the, and the press box was actually bouncing. So uh, it, it, I, I assume it passed any structural test. Uh, and Garbley College won that 45-26, so it was, it was a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon. Um, but it'll it'll be it'll be noisy on Friday night, but it will not be as noisy if, because that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, those kids can uh, when they get a day off school and the sun's shining, they can really enjoy themselves and make an awful lot of noise. Well done for surviving that. <laughs> we'll see you on Friday night. Yep, ready to ready to rock and roll again. All right, brilliant. Great stuff. Thanks, William.